0: All right, settle down, settle down. First off, my name is Eric Shun, and I would like to thank the Giant Size Team Up Network for coming here to the local mall in Spread Eagle, Wisconsin, and uh, trying out for our mall Santa position. Now, we weren't expecting so many of you guys to show up, so we're going to do a little bit different. We're going to have a trial run for each of you. uh, So we're going to let you go out there with a few kids, uh, and then, you know, at the end of the day, we'll come back, and we'll pick which one of you is going to be the uh, permanent backup to our mall Santa. So uh, let's get out there and... uh, entertain some kids okay all right all right uh, here is each of your pink slips and uh, one at a time I'm going to bring you to the office and give you your exit interviews as you are all fired all right let's let's go all right uh, Tristan uh, you are representing botched a D&D podcast uh, we probably should have looked up your show first Tristan, you were completely drunk. When parents would ask if you were intoxicated, you would keep saying, and I quote, If I was drunk, could I do this? And then you would deadlift their children. Uh, on three separate occasions, you dropped the children directly on their head, and they had to be rushed to the hospital. Why we let you keep going after the first one, I don't know. But truth be told, there will be most likely a lawsuit pending, so you may leave now. Thanks. Paul Klotz from Breaking the Panel. Um, Thanks so much for coming in. However, you're supposed to be sitting on a chair, not standing at a pulpit. And when the children come up to you, they're supposed to sit on your lap. You're not supposed to stand over them in judgment and um, offer them lifetime subscriptions to MoviePass. Uh, No kids want that, nor do their families want that. Also, I get that everyone's entitled to their own opinion, but we would really appreciate it if our Santas didn't just constantly berate the children and their parents on why corporations should be counted as people. Um, that's really not the time or place for that, so so you may depart now, thank you. Tony from Geek Versus, uh, there's no easy way to say this without sounding racist, uh, so we're just going to not cover that part of why it was weird that they chose you to be the mall Santa uh, in Wisconsin, but... Aside from that, you are not even wearing a Santa costume. You are dressed as a giant turkey, and you kept trying to give the kids eggs. What you're even doing or thinking, maybe it's some sort of artistic expression. I don't know, but we don't really need that here, so good day. Toy power. So the reason we we have to let you go is no one can understand a word you're saying. Nobody knows what a dingo is. Nobody knows what crikey means. You can just go back to your prison island now. Thank you. Don't steal anything on your way out. (sighs) Travis Jones from the Blazing Defender Report. First off, Santa is supposed to be fully clothed. I mean, at least you wore pants, so that's something. But also, when children sit on your lap, you're supposed to ask them what they want for Christmas, not how many squats can they do. Also, you're supposed to give them the candy canes, not creatine suppositories. That's just wrong. Okay, so you're going to have to go, thanks. Kurt from FTH Beyond. Well, first off, you're the most qualified-looking Santa. I mean, you you look the part. But, however, we have to let you go because every time you spoke, it caused just a ripple effect of orgasms through all the female parents. And that's just probably going to cause some sort of mental anguish to the children. So, unfortunately, we can't have a mute Santa So, it was a tough decision, but we're going to have to let you go, so I apologize. Here's my number, by the way. Joe, from uh, Pokemon Go Podcast. Well, so, it was nice of you to give little toys to the children in the form of Pokeballs, but we didn't really appreciate how you just kept hammering home your Mormon propaganda on them. I mean, what is even a Mormon Santa? Like... Children are just going to get confused. You could theoretically scar them for the rest of their life. Later on down the road when they're 35 and still living in their parents' basement, they're going to be doing black tar heroin and thinking back to that one time at the mall and Spread Eagle about that Mormon Santa and how none of it made any sense and their lives would have been much better off if they had never met him. So we don't want to do that to kids. This is supposed to be a happy fun time, not a confusing, mind-altering time. So you may take your magic underpants and go, sir. Thank you. Lastly, Charles McFall. Look, I don't know what you thought you were doing. Um, I get that you were trying to be a little different, but this was a Santa tryout. You're dressed as Jesus. No, bro, I'm dressed as the rock god of Major casting. No one knows what that is, okay? Nobody knows what that is. That was never a thing. It's not a thing, and it never will be a thing, no matter how badly you want it to be. Uh, also, you are not a rock god. You are not rocking, nor are you a deity. You may be dressed as Jesus, but you, sir or No Jesus. We will be leaving more detailed reviews on GiantsizeTeamUp.com, so please go to your website and look for those reviews there. And just so you're aware, you are all banned from coming back to the mall here in Spread Eagle, Wisconsin. So thank you, and may God have mercy on your souls. These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel.
1: Welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we talk about all the awesome things that's happened in fandom this week, and some of the not-so-awesome sauce, but I think this week's been pretty okay for all the rest of us. We had Thanksgiving in the United States, so we're coming off of a a big uh, uh, sale weekend and holiday weekend, where maybe we get to see more and do more and play more stuff. Uh, But last week, during the show, we were talking about the Horizon Zero Dawn. Paul, you said there was a sale at GameStop, and it's 10 bucks. I think it's what the price was. Yeah, man. And then you're like, yeah, and then the PS4 uh, PlayStation Network shit is on sale for $40. So during the show, I'm going and, and getting these things. So I did my due diligence, as you should. I I uh, searched Amazon, and it was $15. I searched other places, and sure enough, GameStop had it for 10 and it's the cheapest. And, Phil, you were like, I'm going to go out and get it. By the way, did you go out and get it? No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I won't play it. I mean, I won't. All right. Fair
1: enough. You know, fair enough. You hate female strong protagonists, but it's okay. So I uh, get a get on com, and I make my order, which is a $50-something or order after. It's the 40 for the PlayStation subscription and $10. And then there's, what, taxes and shipping or whatever. And I'm trying to process the order, and I'm trying to pay through PayPal, and everything goes through, and then it goes, uh, unknown cart error. It resets me back to zero with all the stuff sitting there saying I could buy it. So I did it again and it resets me to zero. We'll get to the end of the show and I'm getting on my PayPal to see what's going on. Cause it does the error again. I tell the guy, was like, uh, so PayPal has two orders from GameStop coming through and GameStop showing no orders. So Paul asked me tonight, did I get my multiple copies of Horizon?" No, I did not because apparently GameStop is stupid and while they offer quote your fingers paypal they don't take paypal
2: oh no,
1: no because it kept eric so they just author they sent an authorization through like to make sure it worked which will never take the money it just goes hey can we get this much and paypal will go yeah and so the next day i got on the phone because it lists GameStop's phone number and as much as people need to make a living all over the world i absolutely hate anywhere, even in the United States, when you hire somebody out the street who doesn't know dick and they have to read off the screen and outside of that, they don't know anything, do not put them on the fucking phone. And I got somebody who was not from the United States, who, of course, their name was Sally, which is never true. I hate that, too. I hate that obvious lying. Like, I'm not even going to do a bad accent, but you guys know. It'd be like me trying to do something Spanish. You go,
2: Oh, no, please. Please make an attempt. Make an no, attempt. I am not
1: going to make an attempt. You're the one I'm hitting on tonight. You don't get to pick on me. So, (laughs) and like, well, they go, what's the, what's the order number? I said, I don't have an order number. It kept erroring out, but you got a hundred dollars worth of merchandise pinging my PayPal. Well, they didn't get, didn't get through. I'm like, that's it. You literally are charging me. You're pushing through a hundred dollars worth of authorization and you're just going to blow me off. And I mean, she wouldn't talk to me. She was just rude. So I fucking hung up. And just figured I'd do a charge back on them if it come, if it came through. It did not at all. So the next so that afternoon I just got on GameStop's website and you could reserve it at the store. And so I did that. I just hit reserve and just walked right in. And they there had you it. Go. ten bucks later, I'm out. You know. So I did get it. And I'll, I'll talk about that later. But that was my <laughs> pre Black Friday trying to get the sale. Didn't happen thing.
3: Oh man, Black Friday. Whew. <laughs> Well we're gonna get to that
1: too, because I'm sure we all have some stories. So but let's get to some of the comic book based stuff. Paul do we have to? Yeah. Have you have you ever been there at say two in the morning and kinda bored and can't sleep and just wish you could booty text one of your Marvel comic heroes? No.
3: No, because this kinda has
1: clots written all over it. That's Uh, what uh, Pornhub's for. Uh, apparently, you can text your favorite movie characters now at a franchise building move. That's the goofy headline on Forbes. But, yeah, so texting's all the rage with the youngsters. Let's get them it. To- you basically is playing off of you may or may not have seen ads. Clots uh, you more than, than Phil because you and I both play a bunch of games on phones and they have those ads. And you'll see an ad for um, – God, I can't remember the name of it, but there's, there's these ones that you follow the story and tell. It's like you're reading somebody else's text and it's telling stories. And there's horror ones and there's sci fi ones, but it's storytelling in a voyeuristic manner, like you're reading somebody else's text and what's going on. Uh, apparently, you can do that now with uh, Marvel uh, Chat Fiction app Yarn. Announced a collaboration with Marvel Entertainment to produce dozens of stories featuring superheroes familiar to moviegoers. Spider Man, Black Panther, Captain America, Iron Man, the Avengers, and the Guardians of the Galaxy will all, pe- will all be appearing as the senders and recipients of text messages, creating an interactive narrative that makes users feel like they're talking directly to their heroes. Is this the modern day choose your own adventure?
2: No, this is stupid.
1: (laughs) What do you think, Phil?
2: Oh, I'm downloading it right now. (laughs) I guarantee it's going to cost money. I, well, if they have ad money, then I I doubt, I doubt it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Look at this. um, What do you want to read? Steamy horror, misadventures of Rue or Marvel? Marvel. Hello, Peter. This is Aunt May. Great. This is this is gonna be great. <laughs> you guys just you guys keep going. You got you guys so click the gills right now.
1: Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's also partnering with T V, uh, Archie Comics for Riverdale and Sabrina, Sci Fi's Why not an Earp, NBC I Feel Bad, which is a dumb one to partner with. And AMC's into the Badlands or or yarns that you'll see.
3: This is so stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like, for it, like, no, I, I'm sorry. Like, I can't, I can't just entertain. This as a real thing. Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Let, let, let me caveat this a little bit. I think Alexa is stupid. And I don't understand why everybody is totally like down with it or whatever, but at what? least it serves a function. Okay. It serves, it serves some functions. This is retarded. I can't use that word. I used that word two weeks ago, and I shouldn't have. I apologize. We're taking it back. No, we're not. <laughs> we well, are. That word's insensitive. This is stupid. You're
1: insensitive if you think it means somebody handicapped. You're the one being insensitive. <laughs> Retarded is stupid. Yes, yes Charles.
3: Mean- take all the hate mail off of me. <laughs> Carry my burdens. Take the- <laughs> Um This, I just don't. This seems like a lot of work that somebody is putting into a project. And I'm sure it's, you know, more than just somebody. It's probably a number of somebodies.
1: This may um, be the company I was referencing where you could read the the murder horror stuff and all that. Other but
3: days. like, I can't imagine how much work is going to go into this for like, who is really going to mess around with this. And I feel like if anything, you're going to, you're going to mess around with this for like 10 minutes and be like, no, right, no, 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 no. That that was kind of weird. And then move on. It says
1: each yarn story clocks in around two minutes.
3: Right. That's what I'm saying. They're gonna be. They're gonna bounce around and be like, oh,
2: oh. Peter Parker. Hey, Aunt May. You have to give me time to answer you, Aunt May. Oh, I see. I'm sort (laughs) of new to this text messaging. Riveting. (laughs) Riveting.
3: So (laughs) stupid.
1: No worries. But you're not interacting with that. Can
2: you pick up some milk on the way? I'm just, I'm reading like a, a live conversation between two people that.
1: Right. Which is what this thing, from what I understand, this is what their, their bread Why? and butter is. Why? Voyeuristically watching. The one they always promote is the horror one. Like, oh, you're not in the house. Who's that noise? Blah blah. blah. get on the house. You know, shit. Uh, what is it? Why are we watching it? May I ask Spider-Man to bring home milk.
3: The better question is, why are we devoting any time on this because. extremely professional show to this topic? <laughs> oh
2: my. The
1: best stories can keep continuing, cliffhanger to cliffhanger. Uh, whether each unit comes in
3: a form of Whoever a wrote that tagline needs to go fuck themselves.
2: <laughs> like, just you
3: no, know, fuck right off. So
1: we go.
2: Here's one between Pepper and Tony. This one might be a little
1: bit but more. But that's more. not what they're selling in the article. This is where I'm actually getting a little irritated. They're selling in the article that you will be texting, say, Iron Man, and Iron Man will respond to well, yeah, Forbes,
3: Forbes a- might actually occasionally report false information about something. You know what? Maybe. No, that happens all the time. Every time Forbes decides to write an article about something gaming-related, I'm like,
1: what We've actually used – I would dare say we've used more Forbes articles this year than anything for our
3: – They're very often filled with massive inaccuracies, like – we're almost always correcting the information as presented in a Forbes article. Um, I feel like they just go to their nearest GameStop or comic store, and they're like, hey, you're sweaty. Come here. Come here. Can you? Are you literate? Can you write? Give me your opinion on this. And then they jot it down, and then they go and they write their article. And they're like,
2: ah, I got all this information from the source,
3: which here's, is not.
2: Here's one between Peter Quill and Drax. Thank God, No. <laughs> Which, which I, you know, getting subtlety and and sarcasm over text messages is very hard, right? Um, so I I find it also hilarious that Drax would be just sitting there texting. Right. Well, yeah. But but oh my god, these are great! I'm gonna snap all of these to you, okay, bit by bit, Paul. So you're talking about, <laughs> you're talking about
1: subscription or for ads. It says yarn monetizes through a combination of subscriptions and app purchases, advertising and partnerships. But here's the thing. More than 70% of the revenue comes from subscription and, and app purchases. Less than 30% comes from ads, which tells me if you are listening to this, you going, Oh, I don't care what Paul says. That sounds really cool to me. The best stuff is going to be buy it, and you're going to be buying two minute at a time experiences. Which I f- that's the part I find
2: extremely stupid. Well, don't listen to Paul. Listen to me, somebody who just uninstalled it. It's super <laughs> not worth it. <laughs> How what fast? was, did that? You get a what pay was that? Ten minutes? <laughs> no, you didn't even
1: quite get ten out of that.
2: I think I last. I can, I'm always good at lasting ten minutes. Thank you.
1: <laughs> no, not this time.
2: Oh,
1: or <laughs> did you hit a paywall at all while you're in there for? The- no,
2: I just, I don't care. This is ridiculous. There's better things to look at on the internet. And the reason we're
1: devoting time this fall is because it's the fucking week after Thanksgiving and there's nothing
2: in the guy. Got- oh, it I'm is- aware of the lack of news.
1: It's a but
3: anyway, still. Ugh,
1: yeah. Man. Well, here's something that you and I both get excited about. Godzilla returns and I've, I watched right before the show. I'd seen the teaser trailer a little while back. I watched the uh, full on official trailer just now. Very excitedly looks gorgeous and amazing. And Millie, uh, I can't think of Millie's last name. 11 from stranger things, Millie, whatever her name, Millie is.
3: Millie, Bobby Brown.
1: That's it. Uh, she is the main character in the story. Was was going to be pretty cool. Now the reason this is making headlines right now is last Monday, Monarch, who's the company behind making this film,
2: Monarch,
1: broke it. Broke it. Silence. Apparently, it's been silent on Twitter since July 2018. Uh, But it, it sent out three tweets. Uh, all of them are about the exact whereabouts of Godzilla. The first two basically are Godzilla's missing. Godzilla's back on tracking. And the third seems to imply another monster was somehow connected to the disappearance of a small island off the coast of Japan. Uh, I hate that kind of marketing, to be honest with you. It's just cheap, easy, and and kind of lame. But I don't care. That's the marketing people. The people who made the movie looks phenomenal. <sighs> so. And then a new trailer will drop at the Tokyo Comic-Con in 2018 uh, early next month. So it's going to be good. Paul, you said you were kind of stoked about Godzilla.
3: Yeah, I'm stoked uh, because this, the the early teaser trailer for this made it look like it's going to be incredible. Um, Recent Western films for Godzilla have not been great.
1: Right.
2: The, years? the P Diddy one was fine.
3: No. it was enjoyable.
1: I enjoyed it. It wasn't great. You have Godzilla I, on Ice. That's it's not, it's
3: not oh. the worst. But uh, the the one with Brian Cranston was not great. Oh, uh, I disagree. I thought it was great. I dug no, it. You'd be wrong. Uh, no, it's, I mean, if you dug it, that's cool. But like, it it was not well received. So I would love to see one that doesn't that doesn't shy away from what is great about godzilla which is you just want to see giant kaiju fight each other and just go nuts with it and that seems like what they're building up to with this film so if it's anything close to that i'm gonna be totally excited
2: i've never seen a single godzilla movie in my entire life kill yourself yeah i agree with paul that's fine but they, they, they look ridiculously dumb, and I don't have time for things that aren't Wes Anderson films or parks yes, and recreation. Yes. Well,
1: you're going to hold him down at Dragon Con and shave his head. Uh, that doesn't bother me. We'll find but something that bothers you. I, won't.
2: I can't. I might actually go out and see this.
1: It looks amazing. It we just know.
2: looks that good to yeah. the point where I'm like, well, shit, I, could, I can make this a jumping point and then watch anything after this. And, uh, I mean, Millie Bobby Brown is a hell of an actress. Yeah. Just a hell of an actress. So, uh, I'm excited. It's
1: coming out May 31st of next year. And here's the thing we do know from the trailer. We're getting Rodan. We're getting Mothra. And we're getting the king. King Ghidorah, the three-headed monster there, the three-headed dragon-type creature. And, of course godzilla so it's, it's at least godzilla against the three and they're calling them the titans uh which i think is a nice play into greek mythology and i, I do i'll be honest with you even though it's not quite played out well in the past the whole idea that at some point humans are a plague upon the earth and the earth is trying to cleanse itself i just i love that concept i love that and and I love seeing how it played out you know the most recent one being i think the most recent one was uh M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. And while that movie wasn't great, I love the premise that all of a sudden the Earth is, is trying to rid itself of, of some people's. Um, and that's the premise here as well.
2: How many times does the song Godzilla by the Blue Oyster Cult play a part in these movies? Uh, maybe
1: in the Matthew Broderick one. Because uh,
2: that's, that's kind of a deal breaker for me. If it's not in there, then I, I really don't have time for it.
1: Well, DTFO.
2: But it does have uh, you know, Thomas Middleditch in it, and he's one of my favorite favorite actors in, in the world of comedy. Who's so. that? Uh, the lead from Silicon-, Silicon, Valley.
1: Yeah, Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did see him. It has um, Lord uh, Lannister. The Papa Lannister is in it. From Game of Thrones. And he's kind of in the trailer, he's got the greatest slide. He just turns with that very stark, very uh stern face and goes, hell to the king. And I'm like, ah, that's a nice, nice little tag for there. I liked it. So in another non-news, what would this look like? I found one of those top 10 blah 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 lists, but this one is 10 Marvel villains who need their own movies. And we can agree, disagree, that matter. I just want to know, if you want this, what do you think it looked look like? We'll start with their number 10. This is off a of screen rant. Magneto. What would his film look like?
2: It would be mostly the uprising of him his childhood. No, I, I think oh, it's... Oh, you want his origin story. I want an origin story off of him and, and maybe do a... I don't know. Boy can, in the striped pajamas. You, well, oh boy, um, that's a really dark movie. I know, but that's part. That's you're not wrong. No, no, I know, but I, um, I really think it would be. Uh, it'd be good. I think you basically just dive in and explore World
3: War II in a version of our history that has mutants. That would be. That would That'd be, be dope. You know, and and obviously the Holocaust and everything, because that's part of his backstory. Uh, I, I mean, I think now, obviously, that's let's be really honest here. You have to be delicate about how you approach that. Um, you definitely don't want to seem like you're trivializing it, trivializing it, or using it just to you know. But it's to make
2: money off of
3: it, Yeah, exactly. You're not just trying to profiteer off of you know the Holocaust, but One of the big things about X-Men is that is a a, a book and a team and a rogues gallery that is structured around, you know, people who are outcasts and, you know, just trying to fight for their rights and to be treated as anybody else would be. So what?
2: Nothing. Nothing.
3: You guys picked the worst times to be. I
2: didn't do it. Talking about the Holocaust
3: and you're like, let's crack jokes now.
1: That's not me. I didn't do it.
3: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, no, I mean, so just as long as you're careful about that whole issue and uh, yeah, that's, that's what I would want to see.
1: I'm kind of thinking natural born killers where he and uh, Mystique learn to team up. That whole mental manipulation.
3: I don't want any more Mystique. I'm so done with her. Okay. She's been, I mean, I know Magneto's been in every X film. But so is she, and they've never done a good job with her.
2: No, I like Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique a lot. I, I, I'm Am for, I alone in that? Like, I, I'm I'm being sincere. I, it, do, do people not like her Mystique? I
3: think people like both Mystiques to an extent. I'm just not impressed with the story that they tell with her. Oh, yeah, and I, I really don't like the Jennifer Lawrence one because they they're making her very holier than
2: thou. It's true.
3: I much prefer when you play her story close to the chest where she's conflicted, but also self-motivated and she's, and she's scared. I mean, which is a a lot of what they kind of touched on with the Rebecca Romaine Stamos or well, Rebecca Romaine now, but at the time, Rebecca, Rebecca Romaine Stamos, uh, that's what they were getting at with that version of mystique was that she wasn't just a monster. She was self-interested, but, and scared. She was acting on behalf of mutants because she was scared for mutants. And she's seen some of the worst things. And they've kind of always touched on that, but just always in this, like, really lip servicey way where it's like, they're, they're not diving deep. And I think they tried to do that a little bit with Jennifer Lawrence, but they got too preachy with the character too quick for me. So,
2: That's fair.
1: Yeah, it's fair. And to answer your question, Phil, I have nothing against Jennifer Lawrence's portrayal. I think I'm probably in Klaus's camp of I like Jennifer Lawrence as an actress. Mm-hmm. I just don't seem to care about the character in the film. It's always kind of a hey, we're gonna nope, nope we're gonna throw her away. Sorry. Hey, wait, no we're no nah, we're gonna spit over here. Um I don't know. I don't know. But the next one gets all the ladies hot and bothered. Loki I know they're doing a television show. Do we really need a Loki film? Would we're we not, really? We're not going to get that? a film
3: since they're doing the television show.
1: But let's imagine they're not doing it. What? I mean, what's the, What's the Why television we, show even going to look like? I don't even know.
2: I don't. Care. I don't know where they're going to go with the direction of the television show.
1: Even though I liked Loki in the books, but it's like there was one storyline of of Thor I read that kind of focused on Loki for a bit, and after a few pages, I got bored. To, cool, to, me, but, eh.
3: to me, I think honestly, the MCU has done the best job they could have done with the character so far, and where they've left it, pending the resolution of Infinity War, I'm good with it. I don't need this TV show that they're going to do. I'll check it out. I'll give it a chance, yeah. but I don't need it. They've already told his story. They don't. It's you can shelve this character and move on. You've done a great job. I just I feel like there's a point where it's like the Wolverine thing, right? We've talked about this a ton over the years. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. He's great. He's honestly the only shining light in a lot of the, the X films, like for throughout Um, his own solo movies have not been wild successes other than Logan. Um, But he has been consistent with that character. He's been good as long as the writing is good. But by the end of Logan, I think we all were like, you know what? okay, that's good. We're done. We've told pretty much all the stories we could probably tell with this character and we're in a good spot. Now we can move forward. And I feel that way about Loki. It's like, we're good. Like if anything, you're getting dangerously close to the sun. If you keep trying to do more with the character and you're going to make it a caricature, that's going to just fall apart eventually.
1: Yeah, I, I disagree with this assessment and article of uh, every time Loki's been on screen, he steals the movie. Now he's going to get some time where he's not forced to be with his older brother. But what are the two major Loki scenes that we talk about? Hulk, puny God, right? Which really was more about Hulk and how he interacted with Loki and not about Loki. And uh, my brother needs help, right? Where yeah. <laughs> Thor throws him at the people, which still relies on Thor. I've, we only get, if you really think about it, We only get five, maybe ten minutes of screen time of Loki in any given film. I mean, it's very sparse, and so mystery lends itself to. Man, that was really good. But I think you. I don't know. I think you're right. I think it's. It's. I hope it's good. But I think it's just going to be like, yeah, that's not going to work.
3: Thanks. Loki is always better with Thor. It's peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Um, It's like Phil's no good without Dennis, but we bring him along anyway. (laughs) Sinister Six. Should we get a Sinister Six live action film?
3: I okay. So if we look at the Tom Holland Spider films, we've already laid the foundation for the Vulture. So I say just play them out over the course of a few films. And if you're still going, if you can fit two of the six in each film going forward, and then maybe bring it all together in one big epic, if it works out that way, that would be a slam dunk for me. I just think it's tough to, to balance an entire team like that, unless you're doing a team movie, which means it's difficult to focus on the villains.
1: It's like a suicide squad.
3: You could maybe do a Suicide Squad type thing with Sinister 6. I, that's a tough sell though. Yeah. Suicide okay. Squad works because people like
1: Harley Quinn and Will. Well, Smith. yeah,
3: you you know Harley Quinn, you got you got Will Smith like people were willing to buy in off of that, you know what I mean? But I don't <laughs> these are all, you know, aging white dudes in <laughs> Sinister 6. So I don't know how you're going to you're going to entice people, you know? You can't exactly have uh, Craven like doing the, let me get into my getup scene in the middle of the the prison yard. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
2: But I agree. I mean, if, if this new, what long from home vacation from home, far from home, far from home does well, you know, you have Mysterio in there that could just keep the hype train rolling on the Spider-Man series. I think, I mean, everybody wants it. Well, all right, let me, say that again I want it <laughs> so if it actually does come to you know possible writing and, and getting things in pre-production you need a good director you need somebody that can handle multiple people's well well and, and those egos as well and kind of get everything you know in order that's why the Russo brothers are so good at what they do because they can take these you know big name actors and get everyone to just work towards a an, uh, perfect angle. maybe i don't know maybe they bring back james garstums Go- <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding <laughs> i'm kidding but uh, i i hope i hope to see it at some point never say never
1: what about kang the conqueror
2: yes yeah
3: i so think I mean, if
1: they did the young avengers film that would be I, great
3: i was just going to say i think if you do young avengers and the new the new generation of the mcu mm-hmm. absolutely slam dunk because then you get to do iron lad and you get to yeah. Like, yeah exactly you get to weave these two versions of this character and you get to do a lot of cool shit yeah. um the only truly difficult part about it is you're going to have a limited repertoire of full-fledged avengers to pull on you know to, to pull from but you could it you know assuming her contract lasts you you know you got Cap- you'll have captain marvel uh, you'll have whoever survives Infinity War Part Two, so you know you could definitely start building the new the, the junior squad. You know what I mean? And yeah, dude, that team—such an incredible team, such fl- so much flavor, so much representation, so much opportunity to tell good stories. And Kang is a great villain that you can do a lot with. So yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Be great.
2: Who, who would you cast as Kang? Yeah. I don't What's know. It, McCarthy? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, well, that,
3: that's a bold vision. Let's see. <laughs> oh, <another one coming.
1: laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's not quite going to work.
2: I don't
3: know. That's a
1: hard question.
2: <sighs> yeah. Cranston? Cool. Cranston would be great. Yeah, Cranston's a thing. Cranston would be terrifying. There's a
3: couple of cosmic villains that Cranston would be great for.
2: Let's just have Cranston do everything.
3: Yeah. Let's just have him be Ozymandias.
1: Just have
2: him be MODOK.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They already did a version of MODOK in, uh, was it Winter Soldier? It was was just on computers. It wasn't a machine, but it was, they, they, I remember serviced us with the, yeah. Um, All right. Let's see. What's the next one?
3: Oh Taskmaster. Yeah, there's a tremendous amount of potential with Taskmaster. You can You can set him up as a villain, you can redeem him and have him act as a hero. Uh, this article mentions that he does a run in Secret Avengers where he becomes a double agent. There's a lot you can do with Taskmaster. It's an interesting character. Uh, I love that character. He's funny. Um, yeah, I want to
1: say he... wow oh, man. Um, I I don't keep my storyline straight because I don't read that much, and but I want to say that was he, was he part of the Dark Avengers where he donned that Bullseye was Hawkeye. I want to say Taskmaster was somebody at some point like he masqueraded because he can mimic and learn their their fighting styles and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, crap, one of the games not that long ago did these cheesy 80s ads for Taskmaster, like learn Kung Fu now, and it looked like an 80s VHS made commercial. That's the film I want to see with Taskmaster. Taskmaster in the 80s. Well, to- th- there's,
2: there's been a rumor floating around that if this Black Widow movie gets screenlit, Taskmaster the- is going to be the villain. <sighs> nice. So, Well, the other thing
3: with Taskmaster is he's been on Thunderbolts, and they could definitely do Thunderbolts so yeah yeah thunderbolts would be could be their answer to suicide squad in a big way and it could go very well if they did it right and they have access to most of the characters and there's been a number of different thunderbolts teams so they could kind of build their own you know what i mean so yeah i think there's a lot of potential there
1: Uh, yeah i mean uh, okay it sounds stupid but with Taskmaster, there's all the potential you just have to get a really good actor and a really good writer Mm-hmm. I still think if you did in the eighties crime syndicate kind of film, it would work really well.
3: He would have been a good, uh, would, he would have been a great entry into one of the Netflix shows if most of them didn't get canceled. Yeah. Uh, so like he could have been a real heroes for hire villain. Yeah. Really yeah he could have been a daredevil villain if, if you played this out a little bit longer, I just don't think we're going to get to see it. Nope. Um, I I feel like daredevil will probably get another season just to possibly wrap things up. And then, uh, I don't, you know, we're probably not going to see anything out of the other shows, maybe Jessica Jones, but I doubt it. It's, it's kind of up.
1: He would have been great in Jessica Jones because he could have, if they did a third season, because he could have made her think that uh, the purple man was back, you know, because he's, he's just manipulating her and, and doing things. And then
3: that's not really a testmaster thing.
1: Tormenting that- people to see what they can do to learn their fighting techniques. Not really. That's how he is a
3: No, he's a, he's like a martial artist that can mimic people's moves. He's not like he a,
1: watches and spies, and it's creepy.
3: Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, uh, he's like going Dirty for, Skeletor. You know, for like a chameleon type thing, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's
1: I know. Uh, But that's the drink that I want somebody to invent now. The Dirty Skeletor. The hold Creepy
2: hold Skeletor.
1: Yeah. Nah. Uh, Emma Frost. I didn't like her in any of the movies.
2: They've
3: always botched her.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, you could do that's, a hellfire subtle a p- for a
3: shitty D and D show, by the way.
1: <laughs> it's me, I botched her. Uh, what do you think, Phil? Emma Frost?
2: No. Yeah. No, they they dropped the ball too many times. Now, Craven the Hunter.
1: I think uh, if we did, isn't uh, uh, he from the Badlands, or not Badlands, that's the AMC TV show. Savage, uh, Savage Land. Savage. He's not from the Savage Lands? No. How about we throw yeah. him into Savage Lands and then see we what
3: talked, um if, if you're a longtime fan of the show, we talked about Craven at length a few weeks ago, like maybe a month yeah. or two ago. Yeah. Um, so go back to that episode and listen to it give us more listens uh no but it's just more of what we said about i i don't really want to rehash that territory Craven has a tremendous amount of potential you could go a bunch of different ways with the story and he'd be great so anything they want to do with him, as long as they do it right a lot of potential there
2: all we need is to have aquaman fail which it doesn't sound like it's going to by the the, no. the, the talk and then have uh momoa come in and play Craven. That's what I want, but the early talk on on Aquaman is that it's it's bitching and just wildly great. So
1: if I'm reading this right, Sony's already has a Craven movie planned. It looks like it might be called Craven's Last Hunt. I think we
2: talked about that. I'm not sure. I
1: have. It sounds kind of familiar. Uh, It does have somebody, Richard Wenk, who wrote The Equalizer, has written a script. Um. No. Yeah. I don't know. Uh. And the picture they use is from the comics for Craven's hunting Venom, uh, which could be, since we had a successful Venom film, that could be interesting if they did that. Uh, Sabretooth.
2: Mm.
3: I like Sabretooth, but I feel like he's too married to Wolverine. Yep. Um, so I'm not sure what you could do without Wolverine with him. Uh, I do like that this article called out how great Lev Schreiber was, yeah, as, as him, but the um, character
1: was weak. I mean, Leif was great, but the character was weak in that film.
3: Not that character wasn't weak. Uh, the original version was weak. The one that was just a mindless brute that stood there and looked menacing when they had the wrestler playing. Um, oh, yeah. but I, the, it's it's tough. It, what I just said about him is kind of part of his personality. Is the problem? He's a brute. Um. It's. I don't know that anybody wants to invest the time and effort to really fully develop his story. John Cena.
1: I mean, I can't even imagine who would play a good saber tooth because even in the cartoons, it depends on which animation you're watching if he's decent or not. In my opinion,
3: um, I mean, one of his vil- one of his abilities isn't camouflage or invisibility. So why would you cast John Cena?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well played sir
1: well played isn't he yeah.
3: a, he's in a new movie that's coming out too isn't
1: he yes um
3: I'm trying to rumblebee
1: he's uh antagonist oh
3: right yeah i probably won't see it yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're moving. I will. <laughs> that was a lot of setup. That uh, was
1: a lot of setup. Norman Osborne has his own film. <clears throat> nope. We were I mean, had- talking Wolf of Wall Street set in
2: Marvel. Yeah. Get around, I don't know. No, sto- he's had his time. Yeah,
3: the only story they haven't really told with Norman is like when he gets to take control. Of shield, Dark Avengers, of yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff, and I honestly, I'm so fucking tired of that story because it's been used in every video game in recent years. Only
1: decent one he's in. in my well,
3: it's it's the only recent stuff because nobody wants to really do anything with Green Goblin anymore because it's just t- it, equally tired and and played out at this point. So yeah, no, I'm 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 good.
1: And then finally, Doctor Doom. Yeah, he
3: should be like a techno DJ, uh, political activist, That dude's like, you fools. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, My trust fund allows me to spin, 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 spin for you, spin for you. (laughs) I can get really involved in like politics and stuff like that. That would be
2: dope. He should be a podcaster.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No, I... uh, if they could pull their head out of their ass and stop trying to adapt the the character to a modern audience, just do what doom is. He's a little bit archaic, he's a little bit badass well more than a little bit badass, and he's got strange motivations
1: he is a hero of his own story in his mom. yes,
3: and and what tells me that this could be done and I think it would be you know now that the 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 peanut butter and chocolate of fox and uh uh, marvel proper have been brought back together when you do the first family you can do this again and you can do it right and you could tell some awesome stories where dr doom is your new thanos you know your your big bad that you're building up to you you show him in passing for a couple films and then eventually you you really deal with him head on and you can portray a villain that is nuanced you know what i mean like it, Like you said, he's the hero of his own story. He's fighting for his people. He's fighting for what he thinks is right. You know, even though he's a Lex Luthor clone.
2: He is. In that
3: regard. Um, But, yeah, I think
1: he has actual superpowers.
3: Well, yeah, he's a much more dead character. Let's be real. Lex Luthor. Luthor. Yeah, it cannot
1: be tech. He has to be magic or magic slash tech. You know, this whole idea of this metal thing melted to my face. I fucking hate when they play it that way.
2: Yeah. Who would be a good Doom? And which Doom do you do? Do you do a young Doom? Do you do an old Doom? I kind of want Andrew Lincoln. Oh,
3: that's spicy. I like that. Yeah,
2: Andrew Lincoln is... is is oh, I
3: like that a lot. First what's of all, in? what's he in?
2: He's Rick from The Walking Dead.
3: I was gonna say, oh, okay. uh, he'll he'll probably be so relieved that not have to do his shitty Georgian accent anymore. Yeah. Carl. Carl.
2: Carl!
1: Carl. Carl. We're gonna take over uh, a lot
3: via Carl. My favorite story about him with that accent is that he has to keep that accent going on set. Because oh if, no. he, if he breaks back he into breaks his original it. accent, he can't yeah. get back into it easy. And I just laughed so hard at that. Not that that's a failing. I mean, that you do what you got to do. But he's been doing that fucking accent for a long-ass time. And I'm sure he's pretty tired of it.
1: Uh, yeah, no kidding. But uh, bad news for him is apparently they're making movies. And the article I found about that wasn't really great but well, they're tying the movies and the TV shows together. So I don't know what that means for him, but it's, he's going to be doing it for a while.
2: Oh no, he's done.
1: Okay. I, I don't follow the shows. Yeah. He?
2: Spoilers. Rick, Rick
1: died. <laughs> All right. Well, he died to me a long time ago.
2: Yeah. Same.
1: Uh, now, then now this is an actual movie in the works. Fo- well, pre-production is what we're going to consider this. Uh, Fox hired Noah Hawley work on the script. Holly's the showrunner for Legion on FX. So um, that show is phenomenal to me. So if he's writing it, it might be, it might be good. I was thinking for, the, for Doom, though, uh, Altered Carbon actor. I never know his name.
3: Maybe. So, but he's too pretty to hide behind it. It's Joel something. I don't remember.
2: Joel McHale.
1: <laughs> uh that that would be honestly horrible. Uh all right, then Don't one kid. last thing I wanted to throw out here because uh I, I kinda like crazy ass big numbers and I thought it would spawn us to talking about our Black Fridays. But Black Friday is something that is celebrated ish. I mean, if you call it a celebration. It's a sales event that happens worldwide. Uh not every country, obviously, but I know a lot of the major countries have it. Uh, and the history behind Black Friday is financial. And you, when you're not making a profit, you know, you have debt for the year. There's a certain point in the year where you're passed from being in the red and in debt to in the black and profits. And that's why it's called Black Friday because people buying their shit you know, right before Christmas.
2: Started yeah. in what city? I don't know. Philadelphia. Did it really? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't
1: you call them, come to Scrotumville and I can walk down your house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why we're hating on Phil. Good. Uh, but this year, Jesus Christ. Because I'm
2: sober tonight.
1: Uh, I am too right now. It's uh, uh, $6.2 billion in online sales Woo. this Black Friday weekend. Now, I don't know if that counts all month because here's the thing. With any kind of quotey fingers holiday, it's like brands. You call them Kleenex. Give me a Kleenex when it's a puffs or anything. Store brand. Facial tissue is called Kleenex, right? Even though Kleenex is its own brand. Black Friday is no longer just a Friday after Thanksgiving. It's the sale because in in the month of November, you put something on sale, people will not buy it. You stamp Black Friday on it and double the price, they'll buy the shit out of it.
3: Black Friday as a individual day concept is dead. Yeah, oh, yeah. Stores started sales as early as Sunday or Monday in the lead up. A lot of stores open on Thanksgiving now, and yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it basically the only thing Black Friday really does now is just, is set up the fact that this is going to kick off the height of the holiday season, and this is going to be the weekend slash week where you're going to see some of the craziest deals come out of nowhere. And yeah, so I mean that that's really, and it's it's held up in that regard. I, though I will say, because um, this is a popular topic amongst, uh, particularly you know, the older set who like to complain about everything and blame everything on millennials. Uh, I've, i always see a lot of people talk about how, Oh, it's so bad that the, you know, they've pushed back these sales and they're opening on Thanksgiving and stuff and blah, blah, blah. They and, don't spend your money. And they'll stop fucking doing it. Sorry, but that's not gonna, that's not gonna happen. Is no, this? of course it's not. It was, and if anything with them splitting up this kind of stuff and doing it more spread out, hopefully it means that we're not going to see the kind of bullshit that's happened in years past as often where you see people get trampled and you see the mad, you know, the, the mad yeah. crabs at the big box retailers and stuff like that. Um, I honestly, like I, I hope retailers keep doing this stuff. Start your, your sale on the Sunday before or the Monday before do a lead up sale where you offer some of your stuff that you normally would have put in your door busters and stuff like that. Go nuts, spread it out, spread the love, You know, it's not a bad thing. Um, As for being open on Thanksgiving Day, whatever. Like, it used to irk me. And when I worked retail and we started to see the trend go that way, it irked me. But the reality is, it's going to happen. You know what I mean?
2: Uh, Yeah. And for some companies, it always happened. Yeah. Um, When I worked at Blockbuster, we didn't close. And those people that you were complaining about that were complaining about millennials were the same people that were coming in on Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Saying how shitty it has to be to be open on Thanksgiving
1: and they're coming in.
2: Yeah. But I mean, you know, for a very long time in my life, I didn't get any holidays because as a manager, I was the one that had to pick up the shifts that nobody could work, which was Thanksgiving, Christmas mm. Eve, Christmas day, New Year's Eve, New Year's day. So yeah. What are you going to not work your Super Bowl? Yeah.
3: Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. Suzanne
2: and I. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to go ahead. No, well, a prime example me and Suzanne had tickets to the Phillies World Series game. And since that game got rained out and rescheduled, she wasn't able to go anymore or even find coverage or close the store or anything. So she had to go into work as I went to the ballpark to see the, the Phillies win the World Series. So. So we're talking about 1970, something 19 to uh, 2008. I don't know.
1: Anyway, I don't follow sports ball, but this number is online sales. And that's the thing. I think you're starting to see a lot less people go and camp out. Not, I mean, not a huge amount of drop, but a lot more people shopping online. I mean, 6.2 billion in online sales. And they expected today being cyber Monday, another 7.8 million or billion. Sorry. Um, Jesus Christ, man, but that brings me to why I brought this to the table. Did you guys get any phenomenal deals or spend some some stupid money on sales this week?
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. uh Phil, go first because
2: because mine's quick and easy. Um, I went to Walmart <laughs> Black Friday morning at around nine in the morning, ten about yeah nine or ten, and uh, they didn't have anything with sales stickers on it. Mm-hmm. So people weren't buying things. <laughs> so I went back to pick up a video game. I got the Namco arcade anthology for my, for my switch. Cause it was 15 bucks and that's how much that game should cost. If not even a little bit less, mm-hmm. but I could have gotten a PlayStation for 200 bucks. Yeah. I could have gotten anything I wanted because they just didn't put the sale price on anything. And I heard people walk up to the to the cabinets and were like, Oh, I guess the Black Friday sales are done because nothing's on sale and then walk away.
1: I get that. I mean I do, I get that. Because you don't want to go, I want this and they go, well, it's four hundred dollars. No, no, no. What the you know? But
2: But also they're losing anyway. You know, it's well, yeah, but that's that's all I got in my area. (laughs) No, that's fair.
1: You're losing Grotonville.
2: Yep. Um but so, other than that, no. I mean, it was pretty common collective. Went in, got my video game, got out.
3: I, um, let's see. I started, well, we talked about last week, you know, um, GameStop had some deals going on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the lead up. So, one of the deals that they had is they were doing 30% off on a number of categories that included collectibles uh you, the the gist was online you had to spend a hundred dollars or more to get it in the store you had to spend you had to buy a five dollar shopping bag which was playstation branded and then you would get 30 percent off from those categories anything you could fit in that bag sure. that being said my local GameStop stop and i'm sure many others as long as you bought the bag they didn't care if you overflowed within reason, you know, as long, as long as you weren't like cleaning off every shelf. But honestly, I think GameStop's just if they just want to sell all that stuff, they don't care. They do.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah,
3: I my local GameStop that's like close to my house, that one, every time I go in there and want to buy anything collectible, like any Marvel Legends, anything like that, they are like, please buy all of this. Like take <laughs> take all of it because I just think they, they want nothing to do with it or they just don't want it sitting around. Uh, but I kind of went a little bit crazy with GameStop because, um, well, I did pick up Horizon Zero Dawn like we talked about because um, that was only $10 for the complete edition. That was a great yeah. deal. And honestly, what ended ended up making me pull the trigger on that was I saw that it was the last one behind the counter. like They had the whole display on the counter and I was like... Oh, I better get it. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna get it. So I grabbed that. I passed on Last of Us Remaster, uh, which was 15, B- and then I was glad I did because uh, PlayStation Network was selling it for six bucks a day later or whatever. And I was like, Oh, okay.
1: Yeah so, this this fool cost me a ton of money this Thanksgiving Black
3: Friday because he kept going. Uh, hey, look at this. It's less than ten bucks. Look at that. Like, God, you're right, but God damn it but I went hand between the pre black Friday sale and the actual black Friday sale that they had running all weekend on Marvel legends. Um, they have been the only major retailer that I've seen carry the apocalypse wave nineties X-Men wave,
1: hmm.
3: which has some, first of all, the build a figure is apocalypse and he's dope. Um, and then it also, it has, uh, you know, ninety Jim Lee Wolverine, Sabretooth, Psylocke. Um, it's got Marvel Now, Magneto in it. It's got uh, Punk Rock, Mohawk, Storm, Gladiator, and Multiple Man. And I got all of them except for Gladiator during the sale, finally, because I've been staring at them for months. Because I did not ever want to pay the $23 a piece that GameStop wants to charge for a $20 figure. I don't understand why they uptick everything. They kind of have that toll Toys R Us thing going on. Um, but with the deals, it was 17 or 18 bucks a piece. And that's Walmart pricing for me. My local Walmart usually has Marvel legends at right around $18 before tax. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm down. I want to build Apocalypse. Um, I see that as both something I want to have in my collection, but also as a future investment because a build a fig like that is going to be worth money down the road. So I'm like, yeah, that's fine. If I ever want to get out of collecting Marvel legends, I know that that's going to get me my money back. Um, so I, I finally grabbed it under the sale and I'm mad about it cause I just <laughs> spent way too much, but <laughs> I saved money over what I would have if, if I had pulled the trigger. Cause I almost did it a couple weeks ago. I had the cash in hand and I was like, I want to get this stuff before it goes away. And because that's really of all the stuff I've collected in Marvel legends, the nineties era stuff between Spider-Man stuff, like the Spider-Verse stuff and the nineties X-Men stuff is the stuff I care about the most. And so I was like, ah, fuck, I got to get it, which mentions the other thing. Uh, apparently every GameStop got a restock on that Gamerverse, uh, PlayStation four costume Spider-Man and every GameStop I went into over the weekend had like, usually at least two or three, if not more. And so I finally picked one of those up and that figure is pretty dope. Uh, it's got the, the white on the the red that the uh, PlayStation four game Spider-Man suit has. And I'm happy to have that in my collection. And yeah, so I got some gifts, like a couple of gifts here and there for some people. Um, yeah. A Nintendo store. Uh, Phil and I were talking about that. I ended up pulling the trigger on a couple games on their eShop, uh, Bloodstained Curse of the Moon, which is a Metroidvania, Uh, got that for like 20% off. I got Blaster Master for $5. It's normally a $10 game. Blaster Master Zero is a HD remaster of an old NES game that is like, nobody ever talks about it, but it was like one of the dopest games on the NES, and I love that game. I I bought that for five.
1: The title, but
3: that's about it. Uh, So let me just go on a little thing about that game real quick. What was so dope about that game is it's it's a side scroller, kind of like Metroid or Mega Man would be, where you're in a little battle tank, but. The difference is you can hop out of your battle tank. Your little tiny guy can hop out of the battle tank and you can climb ladders on them to get down to lower levels and stuff where only the little guy can go and crawl through crawl spaces and stuff. And then there's caves that he can go into where it turns into an isometric top-down map for a, you know, a 2d character that you walk around and you can kill guys and open, you know, smash stuff and get, you know power-ups and fight bosses that way and i love that game i played that like 20 25 years ago and i had honestly never thought about that game since until i saw it and i was watching the trailer for it and i was like oh my god i love that game <laughs> so i bought that uh that's been really cool that's been a blast from the past and what was the other big one i got um oh enter the gungeon that game solid pickup solid solid uh it's a weird uh um what do they call them roguelike Uh, well it's it's got some elements of a roguelike and some elements of the what do they call them bullet storms or whatever like that like where it's just you know it's a it's a shooting game that has just damage everywhere uh i've been playing that a bit i still have not beaten a boss because it's tough as hell also because i keep trying to play as the marine i think maybe i need to try a different character but that game is really great too uh thematically is one of the most ingenious things I've ever seen. The entire world is like based on bullets. So like, like the statues are of bullets. The bosses are all like shell casings and stuff like that. Like the enemies, half of them are like bullets. It's great. Like you'll see all this architecture and statues and everything. It's, it's, it's a little hokey, but it's great. Um, and the weapon variety is pretty dope too. Like I ended up getting the bullet, which shoots guns. (laughs) (laughs) so so you're holding the bullet as your gun and you squeeze the trigger and it shoots out a like a nine mil handgun that twirls around and shoots randomly and so you just shoot a whole bunch of guns at the bad guy uh another one i got was a uh it was a like a polaroid camera and you have to hold it for a little while it charges up and it like does a ton of damage all at once so it's it's crazy it's bananas uh that was a great game uh I don't know when this is going to come out. I think all those sales will be off by then, but they were uh, a couple of those games. I got at 50% off. uh, Yeah. uh, Bloodstained I got for like 20% off and I passed on a few games because, you know, Phil and I were talking about it. There's a number of games on the eShop that I want, but Nintendo, you got to meet me halfway here. If I'm buying a digital game, you gotta, you gotta give me a little bit better pricing because I don't know that I'm going to get you know, fit 20, $25 of value out of it compared to triple yeah. like a AAA game that I could get for that price or whatever, but I want to support you and I want to get some more, you know, hop in, hop out type stuff for my, my switch, which I'm loving. I'm loving having the switch. I'm loving having the, the variety playing some let's go as well.
2: I'm glad you don't have any like buyers remorse off of it. None of the games
3: that I bought, I did buy one complete, <laughs> completely garbage, uh, it was called void space racing VSR. It's an inertia racer, uh, but it was only a dollar. It's normally $10. It was 90% off and I bought it with bonus coins. So it cost me nothing. And I just, I just bought it to have some variety and it's weird. It's only got a couple of stages. It's only got a couple of ships. It's not a great game, but that's the kind of thing I'm willing to throw a buck at once in a while to take a risk. You know, it's not a triple a, you know, 10 out of 10 game of the year game, but it's uh, Something to mess around with for a couple minutes. Sure.
1: You know what I would love to see on GSU Media on Twitch is Paul's game of the week. You know, or you just th- like that. You threw a dollar at it, and before you even fire it up, you just start streaming off your Twitch, off your sorry, off your Switch, and Ken's wait, can Switch go to Twitch? No, no,
2: you need no. a capture but, card to do that. All right,
1: well, you can do it off your Steam account with your 500 some odd games that you haven't played, uh, but you know. It'd be fun or or capture card your phone or something. Yeah, just a random game like, all right, this is fine. This was you'd show it off, have fun. I mean it'd be cool. It'd be cool to see random streaming from Paul Cotts, I think. His face, people says, fuck you, I'm not doing it. That's what his face says.
3: You can't I'd be happy to do that. So if you want to see that happen, fans at home, send money to the show <laughs> so that I can upgrade my video card so that can be a reality because that's the main reason why I don't do something like that most of the time is the tech.
1: That that can be fair. Uh, I, I was searching for a few things. I found a hard drive for my father's PlayStation 3. Now, my dad is so damn old school, and he hates change. I mean, it took him forever. I think PlayStation 4 was out for a good two years before my dad bought a PlayStation 3, and he got the Super Slim. and. It came with a 12 gig hard drive, which in this day and age is dumb as shit. I mean, the fucking uh, uh, OS takes up half of it. So the last, before they him, the last time I was over there, he's like, "Hey, can you help me take off some games and put on some other, you know, put in these other games?" And he has a good collection of 15 or so games, but he has to mm-hmm. rotate them out. And whatever he wanted to put on, I don't remember what it was. I basically had to delete everything off his hard drive to put that one game on. So I, I, I was toying with the idea. I knew Black Friday would have some decent sales. Uh, I love my dad, but not $200 worth. love my dad. Um, so I didn't want to give him a PlayStation 4. Plus, he couldn't play his old games on it, which I know would drive him crazy. It came down to how do I help him get more space? So I found a hard drive, 320-gig hard drive, uh, Hitachi, uh, that'll work in the PlayStation 3. $24. three $23, somewhere in there. Really good Uh and it's a decent RPM and all that jazz. I think it's a 7200. So it's a good Black Friday deal off of Amazon. i uh, send sending you guys uh, off air. Uh, it's still going on GameStop right now. By the time this show publishes, I'm not sure, because it's still technically Cyber Monday when we're recording. But I got the Turtle Beach Air Force Recon 60P amplified headset for PlayStation 4. Uh, normally $50. Got it for 25 bucks, so half price. And that's kind of what I was looking for, something half price so I could... Do my rando streaming off my PlayStation from time to time, and I'm trying to think of what else. I got a PS4 uh, wire controller for when we do our gaming. What, Phil?
2: Oh, nothing. Keep going. It's it's something that I'm doing. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Uh, but uh, Phil and I actually
1: tonight we're going to be kicking off into the Borderlands on FTH Beyond, and I bought a controller for that It hasn't come yet, but it'll be a wired one I can just leave down here in the studio and. And pick up and play with, and then uh, some other little things here and there, but nothing major other than that. But that that ear force, I had, I was going to get like Turtle Beach makes a twenty dollar one, which is basically just a slightly nicer version than the the fourteen dollar one that PlayStation makes of a single ear cup and a single microphone. Uh, but then I was in the store and heard the fifty P amplified headset and. Thought it sounded really great and the microphone was cool. So when I f- saw this for half price, that was my best, my best purchase. But I didn't spend. You,
2: uh, you
3: did just remind me. I I did grab a um, wired controller for the switch for fifteen bucks. One of the Legend of Zelda ones. Um, I was a little annoyed because it comes with a uh, the cord that it comes with doesn't plug directly into the switch. It can only plug into the dock, and I was like.
2: Damn it. Oh boy, yeah. But
3: at the same time, it's a good controller. I'm happy with it. It's one of the Power A ones, you know, one of the official branded ones, but Power A makes it. Um, The controller works fine. It has the longest flipping cord I have ever seen on anything ever. How long is it? Uh, It's probably at least a 15 footer, I think.
2: I think that's from the throw, uh, the feedback that they got about how short the NES Classic is. Mm-hmm. Controller wires were remember they were like a foot two feet
3: yeah uh so and I only paid fifteen for it it was originally priced at like twenty five so I was, I was really happy with that purchase I was just a little annoyed that it doesn't plug into the uh the switch directly I'm not sure if I get a USB C to USB C cord if it will work while the switch is not docked but I can try it and see if it works out. Um, but, yeah, that was one small minor annoyance. But that cord is so long and so good that uh, I'm fine with <laughs> it because it's like I, I get to use that for something else if I have to. Um, but, yeah, the controller is dope. Uh, so, you know, check your local GameStops if uh, if you're looking for a bargain-priced uh, controller for your Switch. They're, they're out there. They've marked down some of the models. There was also a Dark Samus model of the same thing, same price. So.
2: Ooh.
1: I just clicked something weird. Uh, So, yeah, that's going to be it. Get your own. Oh, you know what? One last thing I want to talk about Black Friday. Bosch has a Black Friday sale going on where you can get the merchandise there. The T-shirt. thats a high quality T-shirt and some shitty stickers and a a poster that only Chris with some likes. But you can buy some shit there.
2: Yep. All you have to do is enter the promo code CRITSAVE and uh, you'll get 20% off anything in your cart. And that goes to the... uh, what 11 o'clock Monday night the uh, December 3rd so
3: hop Damn. on it jump on it
1: I jump
2: know I was on. here too
1: uh, so it's very cool very cool all right we're gonna be back uh, right after this and after we play with some of our new Black Friday toys
2: patreon.com slash breaking the panel is where you go to support us assholes Still a dollar a month if you want to just slip the tip right into us. We are glad to take all of it. Three dollars a month is what gets you into the Patron Lounge now. So that's our Discord group. We knocked that down to three bucks a month because we want to hear from you. We want to have you join the conversation, and we want to know how wrong we are on every episode. Five dollars a month—that's going to get you those behind the paywall panels, either movies. Television shows, video games, um, with the DC streaming service, we have some DC shows that we might actually put up there. That's all going to land at that $5 a month. $10 a month gets you exclusive access to our uncut raw audio and video of each episode. And uh, a little bit extra behind the scenes videos from, from old Charlie Pooh you know, everybody needs a little bit more rock God in their life. I mean, I don't, but I'm sure one of you listeners want that. So yeah, thanks again. Uh, Let's get back to the episode. I don't even know what we're talking about. What are we talking about? It doesn't matter. You know, Gary Busey should be the Joker. I'm going to just put that out there. Every chance I got. And we're back.
1: hope you enjoyed the, the break there. Uh, Fallout seventy six. Uh, I'm a Fallout fan. I played a beat number one, a beat number two. Uh,
2: so are you just talking about your kids? What are you doing?
1: Yeah, yeah. Thing one, thing two. Uh, that's how you keep an horse called parenting, motherfucker. All right. But I I have never been a fan of the play with others driving thing like wow i mean it's beautiful i get it i'm not dogging it i just it's not me i don't like playing with other people when it comes to that kind of shit uh so i was very curious to see how this hit because fallout 76 just launched it launched right before black friday right right before the week before thanksgiving or something like that right so uh i'm not gonna even touch this headline what happened when Fallout 76 landed? Did everybody take me home, country roads? Oh, boy.
3: Uh, it, things are not looking good for Fallout 76 right now. Um, the overall buzz is abysmal. Uh, there, PC Gamer, uh, the, the person who's going to write the review for PC Gamer said, after 30 hours of gameplay, I'm not going to give this game a score because I cannot play it. My to my standards of the amount of time that I feel like I have to play a game in order to give it a rating because I keep running into game-breaking bugs. Wow. Um, so, so that's one of, one of the big issues is people are running into bugs. Uh, another big issue is people feeling like there's just not enough content there. Um, even, like, so... Par- the, to caveat this a little bit if you 're not really familiar with what 's going on with fallout seventy six fallout seventy six is not the same kind of game that fallout Three New Vegas, or Fallout Four were right it, This is an online multiplayer survival game where the you know other than some robot NPCs that can sell you stuff and do some really basic quests. The, the the world itself of fallout is only represented through like easter eggs and little tidbits it is not a strong narrative driven game it is in the vein of rust and ark and another of other title uh, conan exiles another of other titles that are in that you basically the survival crafting subgenre where you basically are dropped into this multiplayer environment you Acquire materials. You learn patterns and blueprints and all this kind of stuff. You build things. You build your camp and things and do all this stuff. And you PvP. Um, though this game doesn't emphasize that PvP quite as much. It's it is a part of the game, but it's not. You know the the you don't have to be all about you know trying to shit all over some scrubby noob that you just wandered across. It's it's not set up quite that way. Uh, but the issue is basically. Even from people who were who knew what they were walking into, they're saying there's just not enough content here. Um, the the bugs are frustrating and yeah, the press is not good. So a number of people have tried to get refunds. Um, supposedly some were getting approved for refunds, but now a lot of people are not. There's apparently a law firm in California looking to do the preliminary discovery on a potential class action lawsuit. Uh what? Yeah. No, <laughs> That, sh- that no. showed up in PC gaming today.
2: No, um, no, no, no. <laughs> so
3: there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on, and they are... This game and Bethesda, by extension, are the... <laughs> they, they've knocked EA and more recently Blizzard aside. The you, you, you whipping boys can go heal those wounds on your back, and they are now taking the, the brunt of the, the backlash from the gaming community. And it's not entirely unwarranted, but it is shocking because this game, as you said, came out just before the holiday. Uh, they had beta a couple weeks ago. Um, the open beta was a few weeks ago. It was like a two-week turnaround time before the, the launch, which a lot of people have pointed out, like, how does that make any sense? Why are you doing open beta? And then you only have a two-week window to make any changes and fix whatever you learn from your beta and then launch your actually officially launch your game. Like, why, why would you do that? Like why Why is that your timetable? Because anybody who knows anything about game development knows that there is no way that you can let a huge flood of players like that in, let them really poke around in your, your new sandbox and find all of the problems and then fix them in two weeks. That just does not happen. Yeah. Literally impossible. Um, so, and there was a huge patch. Uh, within the first couple days of the game being out it was over 50 gigs is my understanding. It essentially replaced almost every file and or it may not have replaced every file, but it was the size of the actual initial download itself. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, a comedy of errors if you will and people are roasting them pretty hard uh, the 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 overall tone in the gaming subreddits that I frequent is pretty negative. Right up there with how people responded to the Diablo announcement from BlizzCon. Right up there with how people have been approaching EA in years past, uh, particularly since the um, the Battlefront Two debacle of last holiday season. And and that's the 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 connection I'm going to make. I feel like Fallout 76 is this year's Battlefield Two or Battlefront Two. Sorry, Um, No Man's Sky. Yeah, this is the, big, the, the game from a big publisher that people had a lot of confidence in and it is not meeting expectations it is, and it's, it's not going to go well. Uh, so it's a big old mess right now, um, which sucks. Uh, on one hand, I, I personally, my pers- I did not buy in. Uh, I did not jump in on it. I felt like from the early buzz that I saw, I didn't think there would be enough game there for me. And I'm glad I didn't because the, the other problem is this, this got sold with a full AAA title price tag. This is a $60 game. Uh, I bought arc for $14 in early access, but I bought it for $14 and I played about 50 hours a week for a month straight. At one point I got my money's worth out of arc, even though that that game is very different from where the state it was in that I played about two years ago. If I did go back to it, it would all be gravy to me. Uh, I bought Rust and never played it. <laughs> I played it for like a day, um, mostly because I jumped into Ark not too long after, and Ark was just everything that Rust was, but better to me because of the whole dinosaur aspect. Um, I remember Rust.
1: I think a little, but bit. Rust was a
3: they made by Doom. Wasn't
1: it made by Ed? No, no, that was a different one. Then I'm thinking. About. No,
3: but anyways, my point is the other the other games in the genre did not start off at sixty dollars. Uh, arc did eventually go, when it officially released, go up in price. But at that point they had already sold so many copies to, to the people who had gotten into early access that I, I don't know how many they sold after they officially launched, but it can't be that many. Um, it's just crazy. You know what I mean? Like that's, this is less game than both of those games by all reports. And they're charging the, the big buku, you know, $60 price tag. So
2: yeah. Well, I want to say that I have talked to people who like it. Mm -hmm. Um, One of them is Austin from my show. And he really falls in love hard with new games and then falls out within like a week or two. Mm -hmm. And then my other one is is a patron for Botch Black Gary. They both seem to be enjoying the hell out of it. The fact that people are criticizing a Bethesda game for being buggy is very hilarious to me. It's like complaining that water is wet when it yeah. launched. I mean, come on. Uh, we all know that the mods come out and then mod the game to fix it for Bethesda, and you, you just forgive Bethesda for doing shitty work well, for some reason.
3: That, w- that would be valid in the past where what you were buying was the narrative experience, right? Sure. So, like you talk about fall, the Fallout games, all of them since Fallout 3, which has all been the, the ones that have been under Bethesda. And then you talk about the Elder Scrolls games. The beauty of the modding communities for those is you have a, a an interesting story and world that is built under, you know, as the basis. And then you fix the back end through the modding, which, like you said, you forgive Bethesda because they give you these great worlds and stories to dive into and explore and really enjoy. And the mods then just add value after the fact. Sure. As long as you're on PC. Uh, Cause there's really no modding on the consoles. I think there's been some limited modding here and there in the past, but not too much. Uh, this is not the case though. This is a online multiplayer game. There's no, you know, compelling narrative to keep people invested. You basically are charging full AAA title price for a game that needs to be fixed by the modding community. And I don't even know that they have
2: access to it yet. I I don't know, but but no, you're right. You're right. I mean, that's, but a class action lawsuit. Oh, who knows if that's actually going to get off the ground. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I, I kind of want it to, and then I'd be kind of pissed if it did just because of the whole no man's sky debacle that I personally had to go through. And that's why I didn't pick up fallout because I knew it was going to be a fucking plane crash. But then I also kind of want it to go through. So some of these gaming companies are fucking held responsible for putting out tragic, you know, just tragic, tragic money, money sinks that turn into, you know, garbage games. So Mm -hmm. I don't know.
3: Yeah. For me, this was a case of, I understand why Bethesda was trying to expand the IP and do something new and it blew up in their face. And that's not necessarily you know what I mean? That's not necessarily anybody's fault. Um, I honestly believe that Bethesda thought they had enough game to keep people interested, and they don't. And that's just... I mean, obviously, some people enjoy it. Uh, you know, I, I saw a friend of the show, Ellie Collins, was she's been ta- speaking very highly on Facebook about the game for weeks. Uh, she was really big into playing it during the beta and stuff. Um, I don't know what her experience level with prior survival you know survival crafting games in the genre is or if she's just tickled to be playing a multiplayer game in the fallout universe uh different people have different motivations but as a whole a lot of people are really disappointed and or upset and some even have their pitchforks and piggy torches out so now we, we
1: live in a consumerist society when you start saying class action lawsuit or i demand my money back that lends itself to discussion of where's that, that fine line? You know, you got in line, you got hyped up from a commercial, from people whose whole job is to get you hyped up. You drank the Kool-Aid, you jumped in line, you spent your 60 bucks. You have every right to tear it apart on Reddit and Facebook and bitch about it. I personally don't think you have a right to get your money back. I mean, that's that's why you don't jump in line especially with the kind of you know i mean the jokes have been uh bethesda ships with bugs those are add-on you know free add-ons for the game Mm. you know um but with anything i mean you i saw that with pokemon go when it launched the world picked up their phones and played it and i was blown away by people who, who never played crap on their phones all of a sudden they're playing this pokemon game and within a week maybe two weeks uh, this is back when I was doing a regular gig at a, a pizza place that had two stops and I was playing it and I was talking to the manager cause he had been playing it. And he's like, "No, nah, man, I, 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 I got all my money back. And I was like, wait, why one? It's only a week or two. old. Oh, why are you dumping 40 some odd dollars into a fucking mobile game that you've only played for a week or two? Number two, why do you think you get your money? back? They literally gave you what you paid for just cause you don't like the game right now, just because it's early. I don't know. I just bugs me. People like I have, it feels like people are saying when they say class action lawsuit, or at least give me my money back that I have a right to be entertained. And if I don't like how you did that, I should have had that experience for free. And I say personally, just wait to see what happens. You know,
3: But is that a fair position to take? So let's, Let's talk about this in abstract. We're not necessarily talking about follow Sure, either. okay. You spend $60 plus whatever your local taxes may or may not be, and this is strictly speaking for, for the U.S. dollar here. Yeah. You buy a brand new title like this. You go to log in, and you start playing the game, and there are literally game-breaking bugs, and you cannot engage in the experience and enjoy the game. For, for whatever reason, whether it's, you just can't do any of the things that you're supposed to be able to do or whatever. I don't know. I, you're the, right. I mean, it's, it's a tough, because, because now you've, you've paid a lot of money for something that you cannot enjoy. Right. You, you bought a a product that you're supposed to be able to enjoy and you cannot, you literally can't play it. Okay. Which sure. is the case in some cases, you know what I mean? Right. And
1: you're, and you're right. You're right. It, it's, it's a, a, not to be punny or anything, but it is a rock in a hard place. Cause that's the same thing when, when Xbox uh, three uh, Xbox one came out and PlayStation four came out and everybody r- rushes in, they buy it and they get it for Christmas and they open it up and they plug it in. And three hours later, you get to play your first game because it's updating. And then you have to put the disc in and it fucking loads it and all this other stuff. And, uh, that is a different scenario. I, I don't know. I mean, where okay, where is the line? This is kind of plays into wh- how well do we see the movies looking like? Where would you draw the line that says, "Okay, you had a bad experience, you don't." That doesn't mean you deserve your money back. Versus this game is broken and you can't fucking play it. I I don't know. I mean.
3: Well, Europe yeah. Europe has a hard stance on this. Europe okay. is very consumer protector. The EU as a whole, uh, they lean towards protecting consumers. Uh, they allow you to return software like that within a certain period if it is not functional for you. Uh, Steam, ha- back in 2015, rolled out a new return policy. Uh, in, in Steam's example, which this game is not available on Steam, by the way, and that's going to be another talking point in a second. Steam's policy is the uh, any game bought through their store is refundable within 14 days for any reason, as long as you have played it for less than two hours. So basically you can buy any game on steam. You jump in. If it's crashing nonstop and you literally can't play the game, if you just don't like it, whatever, you don't have to really give them the reason you put in a request for a refund and they credit you back. I don't believe they give you actual cash back. I think they just give you, you know, basically Steam credit for the, full the full amount that you paid. Uh-huh but their their policy is very and in my opinion i think steam's policy is very fair it's basically saying for whatever reason you know as long as you haven't actually played this game for any length of time 2 hours you know, is not a lot of time, especially if you start some people who really care about like graphics and stuff like that, they'll go in, they'll log in, they'll start tweaking settings and stuff. And they, they maybe creating a character if it's an RPG or something. There's a lot of time that you can invest in a game before you even start actually playing it. So two hours is a pretty fair window. Um, and then within 14 days of purchase. So buyer's remorse right. comes in
2: that too. Um, Yeah, unless you, you know, launch a game and sit in the menus for most of the time and accidentally walk away. That's on you. Oh,
1: yeah. And then
2: you're like two hours and about 23 minutes. Uh, You know, those 23 minutes is just just too much. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: I personally think that's a very fair return policy. It covers a lot of... It covers buyer remorse. It covers any technical issues that you might bump into. Obviously, you could play a game for four or five hours and then run into your first game-shattering bug and be really stuck. That sucks. But, you know, you've, you've gotten... a Like you said, you've gotten a bunch of that experience out of it already. So it's not the complete end of the world. Um, the So one of the issues that people are bringing up here is... Prior to this, Bethesda games have been available through Steam. This was the first Bethesda title that was not available through Steam. They were offering it through their own e store, which was likely coupled with the fact that they're offering this game as a service, you know, because it's an online, always online multiplayer game. So they they had to set up all the back end for that anyway, so they probably figured we might as well sell it through our own eShop. You know what I mean? So there's no recourse for these people unless Bethesda decides to issue refunds. Um, And so some people are pissed about that. And they're honestly, they're basically accusing Bethesda of, you know, willingly going out of their way to separate them from their money. Like they, they're accusing them of this being a big scam. I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think that, any major publisher that has the, the market share and footprint that Bethesda does, much like EA already has done in years before, uh, Ubisoft did years ago, they all split off eventually because they realize that they make enough money, they have a big enough name, their titles are a big enough part of the industry that they can host on their own services and not have to pay Valve to be their main storefront. Because Valve takes, my understanding is they take 30% on every sale. Losing 30% on, you know, triple titles day of launch is a lot. That's a, that's a big loss leader for these major publishers. Yeah. Uh, not such a big deal to an indie developer who's like, Oh yes, please, please put me on your e-store. Please feature me when my game first comes out, you're going to get me so many more sta- sales than I ever would have gotten on my own. You know what I mean? That, Cause that's a completely different situation. It's still great for indie games and small publishers. Yeah. But for the big ones. So I think that they, you know, they have the Starfield game, their sci-fi entry coming in a few years. They have Elder Scrolls 6 on the way. Now was the time for them to start transitioning off of relying on Valve. So it made sense for them to make this move with their online always game. And it happened to be that this game blew up in their face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, So I I ended up, uh, I had to reply to a couple of people in the PC gaming subreddit. I was like, dude, it's Hanlon's Razor. You know, don't, don't ascribe maliciousness where ineptitude or stupidity are much more likely. I'm not saying that people at Bethesda are stupid. Obviously, the business team is completely different than the software development team. You know what I mean? There's making a decision to not be on a certain platform is not something that falls on the dev team, you know? And they're not sitting there, you know, ah, ha, 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 we're gonna release this shitty cash grab and get their dollars. <laughs> I guarantee you there's nobody at Bethesda sitting there being like, oh yeah, we're gonna separate millions of people from their money and we're gonna cackle all the way to the bank. Well, because, I can tell you
1: what part of it is, is yeah. they look at these, they set deadlines, right? They set milestones and yep. years in development, and they, they start launching product launch promotion, right? Mm-hmm. And, and somebody somewhere doesn't want to do the hard job of saying, you know, and I'm talking about low to middle level, this game will not be ready. We do not need to launch it because they could easily get fired. They could have all kinds of negative repercussions. And nobody wants to be that guy in a meeting typically. And so they hold it back until they can't hold it back anymore. And they bring it to a meeting and the higher-ups, you know, middle management, doesn't want to pass that on to the bosses. No, you get it done. Do what you got to do. We're authorizing overtime, blah, blah, and they're losing money every day. This game doesn't publish. They are losing money, and it takes longer and longer to recoup that in sales. Right, um, and then it gets to a point where bad because they're humans. You're right. They're not dumb, but they are human. And they can make really bad decisions, and ultimately, somebody who pulls the purse string says. Good enough is good enough. Ship it. We'll fix it. And I've talked about this for years. And I even it didn't get published. I even wrote a letter in the Game Stops uh, uh, magazine a long time ago that said, "Why are game companies rushing to publish? Why are they not waiting two, three, four years to publish this thing until they get it right or it's close to right?" But the the ultimately, I read a couple articles on it, and that's the thing. It's the money and the the separation of the engineers and the people on the, quote, fingers ground, putting their fingers in it going, this isn't working. And the higher-ups who not only look over uh, Fallout 76 they look at, over all the Fallout games, all the other Bethesda properties, all the bottom-line sheets and going, why does this thing cost us? I mean, how much does a A game cost to develop, Paul? Four, five, six million more? Oh,
3: way more than that. They, they have budget. They're like big budget films, like $60 million, $100 million. Some of the bigger ones are up there with big budget film.
1: Okay. so It's like, man, we were supposed to ship this at $100 million. We're at $150 million. And you're telling me it's going to cost me another $30 million? Fuck that. You ship it by the date. You know? And, and, and bad decisions can be made. I agree with you. I don't think there's anything. Why would a company be malicious, especially a company like Bethesda, that this could theoretically tank them? Not instantly, not overnight, but sometimes you can't tell. History can tell that says this gut punch hurt you bad enough that long term damage just ultimately led to your demise.
3: You know, Okay, so let's rewind a year ago. EA had been a meme in the community for a long time. People were talking about the microtransactions and the decreasing quality of games, the influence they had on studios underneath them, such as Bioware and a few others. Uh, we just, we saw like an overall degradation in what they were putting out. It had been a long time since EA put out like something that just absolutely crushed, and everybody was like, "Yeah, no, that's a great game. Like there's there's really nothing to complain about. That's just a smash hit." And then Battlefront Two comes along. And they show it to people and people are like, this is a good game. And then they release the monetization and the monetization is really greedy. Like, yeah, detrimentally greedy. And you just watch that company implode so quickly. Now, are they going to go out of business? No, they, they're huge. They, They have billions and billions of dollars and they have, you know, so much equity invested in so many different They aspects. can afford to
1: have that game tank and still carry on.
3: But, but you know that the backlash from that game had an impact mm-hmm. because when they went to E3 this past year, they made a big point to say, hey, we're moving away from that. We're not, we're not going to try to jam microtransactions in every narrative game that we sell. And we are working on narrative games. There are going to be more story-based games coming out. Everything is not going to just be multiplayer games. You know, it, we're, we get it. You've spoken. We've heard you. And, and the, short of literally just apologizing, they did everything they could to assure customers that they, and investors, that they were going to take, take all of that feedback and make a different change are some of their titles absolutely still microtransaction riddled? Yes. Their sports games are horrific in that regard. That's not going to change because it makes them money. Like that's a, it's a, it's become an increasingly niche market and that's how they, they get there. And and the people who love those games are willing to put up with it, I guess, because apparently they want to spend money on like team packs and stuff like that. Well,
2: if you're buying a new sports game every year,
3: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but so with with bethesda you you cannot as a company like bethesda take the risk of just pumping out a shitty title and hoping to survive the backlash that, i don't think any of the major companies can right now that's you know you, you were talking about the development costs and by the way i looked it up uh skyrim skyrim with development and marketing was estimated to be about 90 million and then fallout 4 was estimated to be between 100 and 120 million so yeah you're you're talking major studio big budget movie level investment there yeah with with a longer investment period too because you're a big game like a skyrim or a fallout 4 is going to take five six years generally at least to develop um particularly in this case with bethesda because they keep trying to update their engine to make it more current and they that's part of where they run into the bugs and stuff all the time you don't want to fall into the blizzard trap right Blizzard has straight up canceled projects that they've had tens of millions of dollars and years of development dumped into Titan is the big standout there. You know, they told everybody about Titan. They're like, we're working on this game. Titan is going to be so dope. We're so excited about it, but we can tell you nothing about it. And then they got real quiet about it for a while. And then all of a sudden they announced that it was canceled.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: It was a huge blow for them, both publicly and internally. Like it, It changed the way they look at doing their business. They don't want to put it out there that they're working on a huge title, and then have it fail. And they also don't want to put out a bad game, which is the other thing Blizzard's really struggling with right now. Is you know Diablo three recovered as best as I think a game can, but its initial launch was bad. It was like this bad, you know, like it came out and people couldn't connect to the servers and that became a meme. And then people really, once they got to the end game, they were really dissatisfied with the end game, the auction house and the auction house created other issues and it took them two years and an expansion to fix that game to a playable state for most people where people felt like the time they are investing was worth it and they were having a good time. And they did. They succeeded in that regard. But it cost them millions of customers. And, you know, it maybe completely. Some of those people will never buy another Blizzard game. You've seen them express that sentiment online. They've been like, no, you're done. You've you've lost my faith. Others have been like, I'm not going to play another Diablo game until I see a complete change in direction. And some of them still buy some of the other stuff. It's kind of a mix. But you definitely lost people that never went back to Diablo. You don't want to do that. You know, so you you don't want to put out a game like Fallout 76 right now and have Fallout fans not buy the next Fallout game. You know what I mean? So this could not have been intentional yeah. is basically my point. We're, we're kind of getting long winded on this, but the point is this had to be a blunder. They had to think that they had more of a game here and that more people would be content with it and would be willing to, you know, kind of ride it out and let them smooth out the bugs after launch. But that's not the case. People are rioting in the streets. Like it's the press is pretty overall negative. Like well, you're in not, the
2: woods, yeah. cause it's, it's yeah. in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah.
3: You're not going to see, um, you're not going to see a whole lot of people, you're not going to in a six months, you're not going to see a new version of this game on shelves with PC gamer, 10 out of 10. And you know, all that kind of stuff that you see on the great games, it's just not going to happen. So it's an interesting time. It's an interesting thing to watch kind of happen, but people are definitely jumping to some crazy conclusions at the same time.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I honestly don't know. I, mean, I, 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 you get a game, you're hyped about a game. You, plug it in and even the reviewer says i i couldn't really review it because i couldn't play it long enough to my standards to give a good review I, mm-hmm. it's a tough place it's a tough place um we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens with bethesda after the end the brand of fallout mm-hmm. fallout 4 all i heard was ma- mainly great things about it you know
2: i like fallout 4
3: it, it's kind of, so fallout 4 is kind of a mixed bag most of the feedback here, you're going to hear the, the, the most hardcore, like, Oh, that game was garbage. And they're just assholes. There were a lot of mediocrity in that game. Okay. Um, one of the issues with fallout four is that they, they brought in the whole base building aspect of the game. It's a huge part of that game. It's somewhat limited in what you can and can't do, at least before mods. I haven't played it with mods. Um, the initial way that it was structured was a little bit limited and the story is a little awkward. It's a little stilted in parts. Uh, You can tell that sacrifices were made, you know, it's not as complete a game as some of the prior entries have been. uh, And you could tell that their attention was split. It doesn't mean it's a terrible game. It's not a terrible game. It's just probably arguably the most mediocre of the fallout modern fallout games. And that's fine to an extent. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's not worth burning the house down over. You know what I mean? And that's what some people are talking about. So it's yeah, but you're not wrong. Like, the reason why so many people are probably upset about 76 is because they came out of three and New Vegas and four and they're like, ah, I'm feeling good. I'm ready. Oh, what the fuck is this? And they're they're very dissatisfied. So we'll see how that all plays out.
1: That's all we can do. Uh, I wanted to touch briefly on sales currently going on. Uh, everybody's launching big sales. Humble Bundles being a little, little weird. I mean, they, they have their big <laughs> fall sale,
3: right? I thought it was funny that you were waiting for the Humble Bundles to roll over last week, and then they were terrible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they, were, they were terrible. Uh, there's one that's that's rolling, uh, uh, finishing up in 16 hours as of this recording. There's one has got seven days. The seven day one's kind of crap. The Fall sale, which I think is awfully close to art and color and phrasing as the Steam-powered autumn sale uh, is going on for Humble Bundle. And that's about as much as I want to talk about Humble Bundle because Steam, holy Jesus, Steam has knocked it out of the park again with the bundles. I just bought uh, all of Borderlands. So I got Borderlands Game of the Year for 7 bucks. I got Borderlands 2 handsome collection for 14, which comes with over $120 worth of downloadable content, including the pre-sequel. So I got Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel and every piece of DLC that they've put out for $14 fucking dollars, man. It's, it's phenomenal. Awesome.
2: So here's the good thing about Steam sales. Um, they're always predictable on when they're gonna come around. <laughs> so uh-huh. you can normally wait if you wanna if you wanna pick up a game what I like what steam does is if you already own things in one of these bundles, they don't force you to pay for them. Again, they cut the price down a little bit to cover that, that piece that you already own. So your $14 bundle Charles that cost me, I think it was like $7. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So, so that's, I, I just love that feature. So I'm not paying twice for shit. I already own, but I actually haven't bought as much as I want to, and I don't know why. Um, off this year's fall sale,
1: because you had you said you had a car full of stuff. What did you buy?
2: I only bought the Handsome Jack to get the rest of the DLC I didn't have. Mm-hmm. I, because uh, I couldn't wait. Until Black Friday started, I bought <laughs> I <laughs> bought the Namco arcade box on 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 uh, Steam as well, so I could play Dig Dug. Um, and I think that's really about it. It's just those two purchases. But then again, you know, I buy all these games, and I don't remember when I buy any of them. Yeah, because they're all grayed out. Because God forbid I actually install one of them every once in a
1: while. Of course, the newer ones don't have as big a sale on it. Uh, like monster Hunter went from 60 bucks to 39, uh, XCOM two, one of my favorites went from 60 bucks to $15, which is phenomenal. Uh, I don't know it if it almost has it
3: pulled the trigger on war of the chosen. because so I don't have that yet.
1: I don't have war of the chosen either. Uh, it's
3: it, my understanding is it's basically like double your game, like, like take your original XCOM two and just double it and it's that good. It, it wow. is both good and also adds that much more to to play around with.
1: Uh, since I have it on PlayStation 4, I might have to look, see what they're doing with sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Happy Few, was just came out, 33% sale. So that's one it was, it only went from 60 bucks to $40. But still, I mean, you save decent money. But yeah, like the Borderlands, I mean, you're talking, what is that normally, 30 something dollars for half price. Actually, it's 70-something percent off. So, and then on top of that that collection you you save so much money by getting all that dLC at once um, it's 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 you really have to plan in my opinion you got to plan your game purchase
3: and oh completely i I personally am not a big fan of buying a brand new game anymore yeah i I've seen stuff that's only been out for a month or two get discounted even a little bit you know sometimes just a little bit, which is fine um if you're a frugal spender. Now, if, if, if something comes out and you just got to have it, that's one thing. Um, Fallout 76 was actually a game that I thought I was going to have to just have uh, because I, I'm a firm believer in any kind of online game like that. Like the, the first week that that game is up is a unique time that cannot be replicated after the fact. Yep. Those early days are a special time. Everybody's feeling the ropes. Nobody's had enough time to really get way ahead in it. And so that, you know what I mean? Um, But for anything that's single player, take your time, man. Wait for the the right time. Uh, We, so I I basically use Sean's uh, PlayStation account to play most games that he buys. Um, He bought God of War a few months ago for 45, I think. It was a big sale and it was only like, two three months after the game had come out so it was like a really early sale for it and then neither one of us played it since like we haven't played it at all yet because we have so many other games on PlayStation 4 that we are waiting to play and it was like 15 bucks this past week and yeah so I, I was like I was I was collectively kicking ourselves for having grabbed it it was a great deal at the time but like we didn't play it for six months so yep. you know uh, don't kill yourself to buy something at a high price if you're not going to play it right this second. However, also don't pass up the great deals because there are some games in my collection that I got for prices that have never been seen again. Um, Particularly because steam moved away from the deep, deep discounts that they used to do. Uh, They used to do those flash sales.
2: I loved it. I, 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 I absolutely love that they used to do that. And I don't like that. They changed because it actually, when they had those timed flash sales, it had me logging into steam <laughs> more often to well, see where i could throw money at them
3: i have watched a couple uh, gdc talks about why they got rid of that and it, it's it's better overall for the industry it's better overall for the consumers um, but yeah no, i know i missed that rush i missed that oh show me what's on
2: oh 90% off i yeah. want it i know i know want <laughs> it. And, and there there was a big one um, a couple years ago on thanksgiving that we, I, I pulled it up on my phone, and I was like, "Oh shit, Sue, we're gonna have to like leave in forty minutes if we want to get home to get this sale on Steam." And she was just like, "Yep, all right, here's the Tupperware, load all the food in." <laughs> <laughs> <out> <laughs> oh,
1: that's a good woman, right there. Yeah, glorious. That reminds me of the early days of eBay when that was hitting its height, where I remember selling something Nintendo. I can't remember if it was my GameCube or something. It was really old at the time. I mean, not like classic collectible, but like, I don't want this shit old at the time. And we were selling it, my wife and I, and we're sitting there and you hit refresh. You see that number jump up. You hit refresh and you're just watching that bidding war going, come on money, come on money. You know, it reminds me of, of that rush. Uh, but right now, if you're into Lego games, the Batman trilogy pack on Steam, normally $50, dollars twelve forty nine for all three games.
3: So, I mean, I can recommend the Lego games. They tend to be a good time.
2: Always yeah. a good time.
3: So.
2: Paul, do you have a sale that you may already own, but you think is a good one out there for people?
3: Well, I run into that a lot. Um, <laughs> I've seen some sale. Well, for one, I am looking at this Borderlands Handsome Collection because it's seven forty five for me. But there's a bunch of DLC for two that I don't have, like. For-
1: so, because is it because you already have? Now, here is something I found interesting. Steam has an algorithm that knows if you have the game. So, is it because it took the game out and so it's
2: discounting the price to get you to answer? I don't
3: know if it's discounting it or not. Um, it is. It, I it yeah. it
1: takes
2: out what you already own and then drops the okay. price for you.
3: Yeah, that, it's saying, that's
1: awesome.
2: I, I yeah. literally just talked about this five yeah. minutes ago. No, it,
3: it's for, yeah, because it's coming. This is a you, Scrotumville. Oh, okay, yeah, because the the base the base bundle Damn. discount is eighty six percent apparently. And then, uh, because I own so much of it, they're giving me a couple more bucks off. So, um, yeah, it's only seven forty-five for me to get what I don't have. So I might have to pull the trigger on that, particularly because of, uh, the new series that, that you and Phil are hosting. I, I hope to be joining you guys for some oh, session yeah. that. And so I'm going to want to have some of that stuff at my disposal. Uh, but yeah, like that stuff like that is always a great deal. Um, you often see big sales for entire collections like star Wars does one once in a while, uh, Batman, the, the Arkham games usually get bundled together. Stuff like that is always a, a good grab. Um, I'm just trying to, I'm browsing through here. Oh shit. That's a good hollow Knight is uh 34% off right now. That's a good price for that under $10 for a great roguelike, uh, Metroidvania type game. Yep. The divinity series. Um, Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 are both highly regarded. Uh, The first game is only $10. My understanding is the first game is good. The second game is way better. So if you're into uh, co-op RPGs, you can play that with a couple of friends. I think you can play it with one friend. Um, And I believe you control up to four characters in that game. It's a party-based RPG. Isometric, kind of like your old Baldur's Gate type games, but you can play it co-op. That's a really popular game. Uh, and and considered to be quite good.
0: Uh,
3: let's see.
2: The Witcher trilogy is twenty two dollars.
3: I, I I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Witcher three is one of the greatest games ever made. Yeah. For the for the genre, if you if you don't like it, I apologize. Basically, if if you buy Witcher three and end up not liking it, some people don't, I'm sorry. But for anybody who's really big into RPGs, it's a great game. Um, you 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 could do much much worse. Uh, Darkest Dungeon is 70% off on Steam. Um, that's an interesting party-based RPG that deals with post-traumatic stress. Uh, like, your characters... As oh, you, yeah, if,
1: I've heard great things about that.
3: Yeah, your characters actually develop, like, issues after things happen. Like, you know, if they get beat up too much or whatever, I think they have a chance to, like, have negative repercussions of that and stuff. That's supposed to be quite good. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there's tons of tons and tons of stuff. Dying Light, um, that's supposed to be a popular popular series. I haven't checked it out yet. Uh, Total War Warhammer 1 and 2 are both on sale. Um, I played the first one. I actually, I never paid for that game because I did a, a review for it. Um, so I got comped a copy for doing a review a few years ago. But those, if you're into the setting for Warhammer and you're into the Total War games, those games are both great. Uh, Pathfinder Kingmaker. uh, That's a game I want to check out. I've heard really good things about. Um, That's an isometric RPG, kind of like your Baller's Gate style. That is 20% off. That's a relatively recent release, so that's a good snag. Similarly, uh, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire. That is a game put out by, I believe it's Obsidian, who... Are people who used to work on the Baldur's Gate games, same as the Bald, almost the the uh, Pillars of Eternity one and two are essentially Baldur's Gate games, except they're not set in the official Dungeons and Dragons settings. Uh, great games if you're into that kind of RPG. Uh, that's on sale for normally fifty; it's down to thirty-three. Oh, Slay the Spire is twenty-five percent off. That's a really interesting uh, card game slash fighting game hybrid like you do stuff it's weird it's like a dungeon delver that uses cards to do the things i have some friends who have played that they speak very highly of that game so yeah there's there's a bunch of stuff just on the initial splash page uh what i recommend so okay let's talk strategy here i was actually thinking about doing a side recording for uh for our patrons and stuff and for anybody out there for how to kind of tackle these things in a frugal manner My best recommendation is on any platform that you play, whether it's PlayStation, uh, Switch, or uh, Steam, anything like that, go through and find the games that you like. Watch reviews on YouTube, read reviews on the major sites, compile a wish list on all of these different services. Set up your wish list. Steam emails me almost every day to tell me that something on my wish list is on sale. I will never buy some of those games. Let's be real. Sometimes I throw things on there because in the moment it catches my attention and I'm interested in it. Some of those games I put on my wish list, I will only ever buy if they go above 75% off or they just have a major overall price drop because it'd be a curiosity at best. It'd be something I'd play for a couple of days. I don't expect to get a lot out of it, but if the price was right, I'm happy to pull the trigger and try it out. Um, but the big stuff like triple A titles that you know you absolutely want to play. So let's say you just heard us talk about Witcher Three and you you don't want to or you don't get the chance to pull the trigger right now because this comes out after the sale's gone or something. Uh which shouldn't happen. Oh yeah, no, this sale ends tomorrow. So a lot of people aren't gonna <laughs> Well okay. So let me caveat this a little bit. This is the autumn sale. They do another sale for Christmas. Yeah. The only winter sale. most of these prices will be replicated during the winter sale, if not all of them. And if not better, occasionally they do go better. So if you miss something in this sale, don't feel like you have no opportunity to pull the trigger down the road. A month from now, you're going to have the same opportunity on almost every title that went on sale here. It's, it's usually a very, very good indicator that if it went on sale in the autumn sale, it's going to go on sale in the winter sale. Um, same thing with the summer sale. If something has been out long enough to have gone on sale in the prior winter sale and the summer sale rolls around, there's a pretty good chance it's going to go on sale there too. Uh, so there are chances. Compile your wish lists. Um, there is a site for a switch called Deku deals that a friend of mine sent to me. Um, it lets you build a list of stuff for Switch that you're interested in, and then it will email you when it sees a deal for those. So it checks like GameStop and Amazon and places like that, and it looks for the physical copies or even the digital downloads, and it lets you know. Um, I also have a wish list going on in the eStore for the Switch. I check it every time I log in. Like I, the first thing I do every day, if I turn my Switch on, I go, boop, eStore, go over to my name yep okay it's all the same sales that have been going on for the whole black friday thing but i just check it to stay on top of it because if some of those games go 50 percent or more i'm pulling the trigger like you know there's there's a handful in there that i am dying to play but i am not dying to pay full price because i'm just not i'm not that guy
1: uh and speaking of uh, along those lines warframe for the consoles dropped this new content it's but what they call them bundle packs uh, I got a notification from PlayStation today that Warframe has a new, I think it's called a bundle pack that I can get for free with my subscription. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's new stuff there.
3: Warframe for switch came out this, uh, between this episode and last episode. I don't have a lot to say about it. Cause I only played it for about five minutes. Uh, mostly because I can't get used to the controls. I play on PC. I do not play with a controller. So Warframe is a game that has a very complex, and dynamic movement system that I am not accustomed to manipulating on, on a cons- console controller. Uh, I'm used to doing it with mouse and keyboard. It is, it is nuanced. I'm, I'm just going to put it that way. Uh, there's a technique called bullet jumping where you slide and jump at the same time that propels you forward like a bullet you spin through the air. Uh, I use that to traverse levels very quickly. I cannot easily replicate that on a controller right now, so I have not put a lot of time into it, but it is out. It looks decent. Uh, the graphics are toned down from pc obviously they're toned down a bit from ps4 the switch is just not the machine that the ps4 is uh but it's it seems stable i, I played a couple missions it seemed fun. uh so if you're into that if you've been waiting to try it out you know there you go uh it, i can't i like i said that's a great game and if you end up liking it you'll end up loving it so but yeah uh yeah strategize you know build your lists um sometimes you got to prioritize and check reviews, man. Uh, I, the switch games, I asked Phil for like Phil and I traded some ideas on a few things. I told him some of the stuff I was looking at and he told me his feedback. He had bought some, he had been looking at some, I watched reviews. Um, one of the big jump out titles on switch is it's also on steam is Celeste. It's a side scrolling game, uh, action platformer that is being hailed as literally the best platformer of all time. And like people are saying that it is so good that it ruined other platformers for them. <laughs> yeah. I watched, I watched four different reviews of it and they all said the same thing in different ways. Uh, basically, which is that essentially, um, I watched donkey. I don't know if you're familiar with the YouTuber donkey. Uh, he's, he does not generally do serious reviews. He does like, he shows himself fucking up a lot and cracks a lot of jokes. He even took a moment to get real and just talk about how great the game was. Nice. Um, And then I watched some, you know, pretty traditionally comprehensive reviews. That's a game that should be on your radar if you're into that classic side-scrolling action platformer type game. Uh, And it's supposedly got a pretty interesting story that goes with it. It's it's an interesting take. Um, Yeah, so look for stuff like that. When you see like four or five YouTubers all talking about the same two or three games and Positively, and they're very high in their top lists and stuff. That's a generally an indication that that is a great game because if you can get that slice of so many different people and have it jump out like that, it, it's a big opportunity.
1: Hey, I like watching the actual playthrough, so I can see how mm-hmm. it works as well.
2: Uh, that's, that's also my- true. Uh, Twitch, you know, if you are curious on a game, just watch somebody play it on Twitch for a bit. Mm-hmm. That's what I did for a couple games. I was going to think about buying and watching them actually turned me off and saved me money in the long run so yeah.
3: the only thing I would be careful with on twitch is uh, some of the platform games and stuff you're gonna end up bumping into speedrunners. yeah you might not want to watch speedrunners play those games at least not initially uh, because they are min maxing to try to get through the game as fast as possible they might ruin any story for you they might they might be glitching because that's allowed sometimes when you're speed running depending on the title um, yeah you want to be careful about that stuff but for the most part, yeah, what Phil said. Between Twitch and YouTube, you have a near unlimited source of information on most titles.
1: Yeah. And we're running long tonight, so we're going to jump out with that. If you'd like to be a part of the show, there's a couple ways to do that. You can email us, uh, btp at com for your – anything you want to comment on, and Klotz will immediately tell you how wrong you are. But, you know, that's fair. He does that to me every night. so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your support the show patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel and apparently we get, we got behind on posting the videos but i think i've got that rectified now and, and oh did
3: you beat yeah. jonathan
1: it was uh it wasn't jonathan it was his oh. grand pappy mike <laughs> oh, don't beat mike nah you can't you can't beat mike uh he's like old yellow you just take him out back and shoot him That's all you can do. <laughs> <laughs> i love you mike I was just giving you shit. So, <laughs> but no, I didn't, you know, it's fine. It's there. It's, so uh, we're fixing it. And, uh, Phil and I are about to actually kick off a new adventure that, that, uh, Paul was teasing out. We're going to jump on to borderlands 2 We're going to go from the get go from the opening. you know, pick your team and go credits. And he and I will play the same characters each week. And then we're going to rotate different hosts and possibly you as a listener and follower of that particular stream, you can be a part of playing the game as well. So tune in to that. That'll be on twitch.tv forward slash FTH beyond. And the videos will be over on the GSTU media uh, YouTube channel as well. So you can watch those. Where can they find
3: you Clots? online? You can find me on Twitter at SoapboxGSTU. Uh, you can find me on Switch. I don't know. Can you search for somebody by their handle on Switch? for friends list. I
2: can't. Remember. No, no. is yeah. notorious
1: well, for those 20 billion code security me,
3: message me through my social media. If you'd like to become a switch friend, cause I've been playing on that a lot lately since I got mine. Uh, you can catch me on steam. You can look me up on mortal sword. Uh, and yeah, just, uh, hit me up on social media, man. If you if you play a lot of steam or you play on switch or something and you want to you want to play some multiplayer, hit me up and I will try to work you in.
2: That's a fun. Mm-hmm. Phil, where <laughs> do people find you? Uh, on the internet, on imaginary nomad, on everything. That's it. Find me. So
1: can look you up on imaginary nomad on the switch and, and find you.
2: That's not the internet. That's Good luck with that. Because The way
3: he had to spell it on switch is pretty
2: interesting. I th- Yeah. I had to tro- drop a couple. There's not a
3: lot of vowels. In this. <laughs> no oh Lord.
1: they didn't
2: give me enough room You're but saying- i mean at least they didn't you know censor me with the word gin like uh playstation did
3: oh god
1: yeah that's that's it eh, whatever <laughs> and you find me rock got of podcasting all across uh, the social media networks to Tw- uh twitter is rock got a pod and you know a bunch of shenanigans videos and different things going on there so until next time Check out the video on Patreon to see what uh, Phil's going to do for Chris Whiston when he gets home.
0: Sploosh. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com.